Hey, everybody. Hi. Can I move this a little closer? I just feel like we're going to be intimate this morning. Got my coffee, which I pump full of hot chocolate. Strange. So good to be here. This is um, our second trip up, I believe, in the last uh, several months. And uh, I think I can say that we both really, really enjoy uh, coming to Hesperia, Michigan. And uh, we, I believe and we believe that uh, something something dynamic and something awesome has uh, started here and it's been going here. And um, to just uh, play off of uh, what Matt said here, and uh, we, we love these two. I, I think they're doing an amazing job. And, uh, you know, I, we got to spend a couple hours last night and just hearing the testimonies and the stories and um, uh, the the plow the plowing of ground and some of the things that's been going on here to make this a possibility to see uh, the town changing, to see lives transformed, to see people get in touch by Jesus. I mean, you guys are really doing a, you guys are really doing a great job. You guys like your leaders? Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. So we had a big burger last night. That was amazing. So I was, I was good. Um, well, I'm here to get into the Bible. Did you bring your Bibles? Does anybody bring Bibles? Wow, you guys bring Bibles. If you, if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 16. If you have your phones, your smartphones, your tablets, whatever you do, uh, we all need to get to Acts um, 16 this morning. I believe uh, Acts is a significant book for the days that we live in. Uh, I believe it's one of the books, the only book out of the 66 books written that is actually uh, still ongoing. All the other books, there's 66 books in the Bible, there's 44 different authors, but Acts is this one book that actually still is ongoing. There's still yet more to the story. Um, God started, this is the uh, talking about the church. It's a thousand centuries old, but it still speaks to us with a piercing clearness. And a lot of the things that happened back then, we can still take into our days today in 2017. And we can still utilize and, and pull from the book of Acts. What will our chapter say? What will the chapter say of the generation that's coming after us? What will the chapter say of the generations that came before us? You know, it's got like, what, 28 chapters, but in actuality, in heaven one day, when we see the whole scope of things revealed, Acts could have 735 chapters, and they'll say, hey, I remember in chapter 632 that this church right here in this generation, they moved with the gifts of the Spirit. They encountered and changed, you know? There's something ongoing, and we get to be part of something that has been happening for a very, very, very long time. It's not 35 or 40 people gathered in a, in, in a high school in Hesperia Mission, but we're actually part of something that is far, far, far greater and far larger. We're part of this global thing called the church, the ecclesia, these, these things. That we have been called out and called and destined for such a time as right now, I felt about uh, praying about this morning. Um, I just feel like Acts chapter 16 has something for us. I want to talk about ingredients. Yeah, yeah. You guys are like, awesome. Okay. Okay, I'm going to read the Bible now. Uh, it's going to be okay. 
Um, Acts chapter 16, is everyone there? Is everyone there? Oh, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's early. It's cold. We're going we're gonna to get warmed up, though. Okay, Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 22, Bible says this, The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave them orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them in prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors had opened, he drew his sword to kill himself, and supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we're all still here. And the jailer called for the lights, and he rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Hey, you got to believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, and you and all of your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and and all of the people that were in the jailer's house. And they took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and his entire family. Would you guys pray with me? Father, we thank you. We thank you right now in this room. And Jesus, we ask that you come in close in the remaining time that we have left. Father, we thank you for what you're doing here. We thank you for what you're doing around us. We thank you for what you're doing in us. And we thank you for what you're doing through us. And Father, I thank you that not one person is in this room this morning by accident. Not one person is in this room by mistake. But it's because we have been called and destined for such a time as right now. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Um, okay, uh, does anybody in here, uh, I feel bad saying, does anybody just love watching TV? Don't lie. <laughs> Come on. I know I got some TV watchers in here. How many like watching some TV? Now, we don't need to be all spiritual. Like, you know, oh, brother, I just read books. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm a TV guy. I like TV better than books. Is that... I don't know. I just like watching TV. Hey, I just like Netflix. And, you know, we all have our little TV shows that we watch. And, and, and it's cool. And uh, I, so I'm kind of a History Channel guy. I like, um, I, I like uh, uh, American Pickers. That's my show. That's my show. Um, I, I like Axemen. I like Alone. I like, oh, and Practical Jokers. Anybody ever seen a Practical Jokers? Man, I get binge watch of Practical Jokers. I'm like, this is amazing. Um, I like uh, uh, um, Home Network. I like uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines. Anybody? Hey, if you don't like them, you ain't saved. If you don't like Chip and Joanna, you ain't saved. That's it. You just, oh, I love that couple. Everybody wants their home to look like Chip and Joanna, like a little fixer-upper. I'm like, man, if we had them, we'd be, we'd be great. Uh, uh, and then uh, the Food Network. Anybody? Food? Man. I love the Food Network. Last night I was watching The Cake Boss. Love The Cake Boss. Um, uh, like diners, drive-ins, and dives. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. you like that? You're like, oh, uh, what else is on there? Uh, oh, Paula Dean. Paula Dean. Who said Chopped? Chopped is my absolute favorite show. Have you guys seen Chopped? Put your hands up in this room if you've seen Chopped. If you haven't seen Chopped, okay. Most of us have, most of us has, have watched the show Chopped. Now, Chopped. It's an amazing show. They take four chefs from around the country. They take four chefs from different restaurants. And this is the premise of the show. So in Chopped, they grab four chefs. And there's three rounds in Chopped. So there's an appetizer, there's an entree, and there's a dessert round. Okay. So in Chopped, what you have to do is you have to cook this meal and you're on a, you're on a timer. And they give you a basket full of ingredients, but you do not know what the ingredients are. Amen? Has somebody seen the show? And so... So what they do is they open up the basket, and then they pull out their ingredients. And so you have, like, uh, potato chips, bubble gum, steak, and, like, uh, barbecue wolf knuckles. I don't know. You got something crazy. You got some crazy ingredient, but you got to put it together. Now, these chefs are amazing with what they do because it seems like almost instantly they're like, ah, I know what I'm going to make. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a salad, and, I, and I'm going to make this. I'm like, whoa, whoa. It's, it's quite a unique ability to be able to take these ingredients and put them together to make something delicious, good, scrumptious. I love it. Um, and and, and I, I like eating. I like eating. I may not look like I like eating, but I like eating. Trust me. I have high metabolism. <laughs> you don't eat very often, do you? I was like, I eat all the time. Um, so, so Chopped is there's something profound about the show Chopped because a lot – of that can be transferred into our worlds, into our church worlds, because it's the same type of thing. What type of ingredients are we using to build church? What's in our basket? What's in our basket? So at Chap, like we said, it's salad and croutons and chips and bubble gum or whatever you use. But in the church world, it's the same thing. What kind of ingredients are we using to extend the kingdom of God for word. I love the idea of worship. Is worship a big ingredient in church? That's an ingredient that has to be in our basket. And that's kind of what I want to talk to us a little bit about this morning is this idea of this massive ingredient called worship. And I love the story of Acts chapter 16 because it teaches us that worship is based on an unchanging God and not by circumstance. That we don't worship because times are going good. We worship in all circumstances and we worship when things go bad too. If I can lift my hands things are good, then I have to be able to have the ability to lift my hands when things go bad. God is unchanging, but the circumstances surround us always differ. We see that from Paul and Silas because they were in a prison in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden they're having to worship, not in a good circumstance. No, they're having to give praise in the bad circumstance. You know, somebody told me one time that a bird sings far before the sun comes up. Oh, yeah, I about to dance when I heard that. I was like, woo! I said, what did you say? He goes, you know that birds sing far before the sun comes up. You know that birds sometimes have to sing in the dark until the light comes in. I said, woo, I'm stealing that. 
I said, I'm stealing that. Worship is such a major ingredient. And if that means jumping up and down, and that means shouting, and that means giving your neighbor a high five, and that means singing a hymn and praying and being here on time with an expectation and being here with an anticipation in our heart and being ready to give and ready to give back and ready to dance and ready to shout and ready to do something, we have to be able to come into an environment with worship. It's vitally important. It's a massive ingredient. Worship is a strength. Worship is a weapon. Worship is a strength. Worship's our joy. Worship is what we were created for. You know that we were the first instrument that God ever created. We were the first instrument that God ever created. We just need to figure out what's our song. We were the very first thing that God created in order to worship. That's why it's a massive ingredient. It has, a, it has something to do with singing. But if you can't sing, nobody cares. Except your neighbor, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> you sound good to God. Worship, I mean, I love the idea of this part of our corporate gathering. I love when we come together and, and we worship. And, I, and I, I, I like lifting up Jesus together. And I like glorifying God. And I, and I like when we're all in that same, same accord, when there's a unity and we're all going in and we're all going hard and we're all moving forward in the same direction. There's something very, very powerful about that. That's why worship is such a massive, massive, massive ingredient. Because when we do that, we're all together on the same page and something's happening in the heavens when we worship together that's right that's an amen, amen. I, i'm preaching myself happy that i'm gonna try some of this asperia water this morning mm, tasty you know worship is based on responding about what God is letting us see about himself. You know, worship in heaven doesn't stop because God is constantly revealing himself. So worship is just a response to God on revealing himself. So the more that God reveals himself, the more that we are in this attitude and, and we're in this spot to say, yes, that's more, Lord. That's more, Lord. That's why you can see in heaven, you know, it's like heaven's not a, I don't think it's a boring spot. Why? What do you do? Well, you worship. That's, that's part of it. But God is constantly revealing himself constantly throughout the decades and billions and trillions and trillions of years because God is that big and he can reveal himself constantly. And so when we catch revelation of who God is, that should be the response to say, ah, I know that. Ah, I know that. And that's how that reverse. That's why the presence of God is so important. That's another ingredient is that you, you, we, we must always work and we must always cultivate a, a, a spot where God's presence is being revealed. That's what you guys are doing. That's why when I come in here in the morning, I feel the presence of God. Because we carry the presence of the Lord. Now, when where we come into an atmosphere and we're carrying the presence of the God, of the Lord, that's a spot where worship is going to happen because there's a revealing of that. We don't have to do anything. We Jesus lives inside of us, so we don't have to do a whole bunch to 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 bring it up. 
you know, but it's inside of us, so we carry his presence. So when we all come together, if three or more are gathered in my name, there I am amongst them. And there's a presence of God in this room. Worship is important. I want to just take a couple observations from the story of Acts chapter 16. I only have 57 minutes left, so it would be cool. <laughs> what? Why are we laughing? <laughs> What are we laughing? What time is it? Okay, all right, okay, maybe, okay, okay. Give me 16 minutes, we'll be done. Um, uh, You guys might want to write these down, though. They're really good. Um, Number one is midnight. Midnight. Just write that down. Just midnight. Midnight. It says this in Acts chapter 16. We read it. But it says, around midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were worshiping. And the other prisoners were listening. This happened at midnight. Now, you know in the 10th plague on Egypt, when Moses went to Egypt and he was telling Pharaoh, hey, you need to let my people go. The 10th plague, it says that Moses went to Pharaoh at midnight. And he says, let my people go that they may worship me. And then all of a sudden you see this, that Samson in Judges, in the first Judges, it says this about Samson at midnight, he pulled down the pillars and the gates of the city. Do you know at Job, in the book of Job, it says at midnight people change and are shaken and some even pass away. Jesus says this, he says, keep your lamps lit For the bridegroom will return at midnight. Jesus says, which one of you has a friend that comes knocking at midnight? Do you know that midnight is mentioned in the Bible 13 times? And both 13 and midnight are transitional terms. Has anybody ever been in a transition? (laughs) Has anybody ever seen? This is a time right now where something's changing. Anybody ever been there? It's like, I don't know what's going on right now, but I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a, it's a midnight And at times of transition and at times when it seems the darkest, our worship has to be the loudest. And have you have you ever been in a transition? Have you ever been at a very dark period of time where you think something's going on, but you know that while you worship in that transitional time that others are listening? That others are listening to what you say and others are observing what you do. And I feel like that midnight, we've all faced it and sometimes it's darkest before the dawn. It's darkest before the light comes and that midnight is one of those darkest times and the Bible is telling us at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Do you know that we can worship and transition out of our transitions? I feel like I've been in this spot. 
You know, I feel about praying about you guys. I feel like this could be a transitional time for you as individuals, as couples, and as a church. I feel like this is a time right now where revived church could transition into something. And I feel like right now our worship has to be strong because I feel like the, 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 God's like on the verge of bringing you in to something that's going to be grand, that something that's going to be more, that's something that's going to be big, like the next thing is going to be something that's going on. And I feel like right now, if you will, in a spiritual sense, we're a little, we got a little Paul and Silas going on. And it's like, oh, I feel like we're at a transitional time, but I just need to worship and praise my way into a better, better season. I remember my first worship experience. Anybody ever grow up in a charismatic church, like real charismatic? Ooh, someone in the back. She's like, ooh. Man, the first time I went to a worship experience, I was like, oh, wow. Um, it was different. I didn't really grow up in church. I mean, I didn't, I didn't go to church a day in my life. Well, I went once, I think. Um, to some event, but I didn't go to church very often until I was in my 20s. But then I met my woman. <laughs> I met Bay right here. I met baby girl. She was like, um, I'm going to go to church. I'm like, Ooh, what? You going to go where? She's like, yeah, I'm going to church. I was like, uh, okay. Now, now I knew there were some fellas there that had more on their mind than church. And I thought there were some fellas there that kind of had eyes for my girl. So, you know, I'm like, I'm going to church with you. I'm standing at church like, yeah. <laughs> you got to protect your girl, you know. Uh, <laughs> don't laugh. Jesus will get you there however you can. There's probably somebody here that came with their girl this morning like, yeah, I think this is speaking to me. <laughs> Don't lie. If you're here because your woman's here, just raise your hand right now. Let's get it over with. <laughs> um, what am I talking about? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a unique guy. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> Okay. So, so I went to church, right? Woo. And uh, they were, man, they were going in. I, I was like, wow, this, whoa, this, this is not, this is the point church, like, a long time ago and then and they have an expression let's say they were an expressive group and i and I, you know your first time at church you know that's like you i'm like <laughs> person next to me like whoa shouting up and down like speaking in other languages i'm like, <laughs> like hey i left church she was like did you like it i'm like mm. i'm like Y'all a different bunch in there. <laughs> hey, and you start slowly too in worship because you like, you start slowly because I was like, uh, I'm like, you know, you're like, yeah, it was all right. And then you're like, I'm telling you, by th week three or week four, I was like, you're going to have to give me some room in here. <laughs> I was in. I was like, yes. There was an expression, you know, but it's, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to, I need to be on the aisle. I can't be in the row right now. 
because I'm a tall, skinny guy. I can't be in the middle row. I need to be on the aisle because I need to get some space. And I remember that worship is something that kind of grows in you. And, and it doesn't really matter where you're on this track. And you don't have to be the most explosive, dynamic, doing backflips and stuff in, in the meeting. But there is this type of idea that you have to be able to get an expression. And when we open our arms, it's like this, it's like this symbol of saying, God, I'm open to you. And, and sometimes in worship, you just can't always be like this in worship. And you can't always have your hands in the pocket because you have to take these steps by faith by saying, yeah, I'm, I'm open, God. I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do this. And sometimes I feel like this was what, what was happening to Paul and Silas, that they had this expression and they didn't care who was around them and they didn't care who was listening and they didn't care because this is this time and this is my midnight and I have to get out of the season. If you're in a transition, you'll worship your butt off and it don't matter who's standing next to you because you're like, I got bigger things to deal with than you i need to get out of this season that is a true story you know you, when your your feet if they're in the stocks and your heart is in heaven you'll barely feel it it doesn't matter what's happening to your lower extremities if your heart is in the right place you'll hardly feel what's going on number one is midnight it's a transitional season we've all been there we're gonna have more of them i wish i could say that following jesus was all good all the time but it's not there's worries there's questions there's there's pain it's just not all pumpkin spice lattes and uh uh, strawberry shortcakes and trips to the beach no walking with jesus is you have to figure some things out and it's a it's it's a it's a it's a journey It's not always going to be all good. I wish it was. I wish it was. And he will never leave you and never forsake you. And he will be with you when you transition out of your midnights. Amen. I hope hope that's all right with you. Because I've been, I've been there. I just came out of one. I mean, we're all there. We've all been there as individuals. We're all there as parents. We're all there in our relationships. We're all there in our job situations. We're all there in some capacity. But it's the idea to say, you know what? I can pray and I can worship and I can get out of this midnight. Number two is this. Worship is the way of breakthrough. Number two is that worship is the way to breakthrough. Worship is the way to breakthrough. It says this in Acts chapter 16, verse 26. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Every prisoner set free. Every door opened. Worship will cause breakthrough in the life of the individual. The story teaches us that God not only cares about our current situations, but he will take our situations and shake them up in our favor. God can shake things up. You need to turn to somebody next to you and say, God's shaking it up. Yeah. Did everybody do that? Feels good to say it. Feels good to confess it. Hey, you know what? God's shaking things up. 
God's shaking things up. God's going to turn things in my favor. Because when we worship and when we put ourselves in an atmosphere of worship like we did this morning, that's when breakthrough happens. God is rattling bars. God is opening doors. God is giving new opportunities, new levels, creative ability, gifts, talents, dreams, functions. Shake us up, Lord. Shake us up. One instant, he can rattle the bars of any situation and set us free. Worship is about our midnights, and worship is about our breakthroughs. Number three is this. Wow, the response. It's It's a bit of a strange one. Wow, the response. God loves us so extremely much. It says this, though, in Acts chapter 16. We just read it. It says, the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed that the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted, stop. Don't kill yourself. We're all still here. We haven't gone anywhere. We're we're still here. Wow. That's grace. That's a lot of grace. Because if it was me, and I was in that dark, stankin' jail, beaten, bruised, handcuffs, bad night, and those doors would have swung open, I'd have been like, do it! You go out and kill yourself! Because I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> but, but Paul, no. That was not the response. That was not his response at all. Oh, the grace. Wow, the response. You, know, you see, worship will change you. It will soften you. Worship will have you moving with the empathy of heaven. Worship will give you the ability to shout to the lost, shout to the hurting, shout to those just going through the motion, shout to those just working a nine to five, shout to those who have purpose and destiny, those who have families, those who are working in jail, those who are actually in jail but don't even know it. That's the irony of the Philippian jailer is that he was the one truly behind bars until he met Jesus. But Paul said, Paul said, don't do it. We're all still here. You know that when you worship and when you're in an environment of worship, you'll have the ability to stop, wait, and make the right decision. You know that worship will give you eyes in the spirit. That worship will actually make you prophetic. Because think about this. How do you see in the spirit? How do you see things that you can't see, but you see them? You ever, you ever had that? Like, yeah, I see something. I don't see it, but I see it. I see it in my mind's eye. That's kind of a prophetic word. Like they're calling something out of you that's there, but I, I might not see it, but I'm calling it out of you. But Paul and Silas had this prophetic ability because they were in the atmosphere of worship. 
So if I work this out, Paul and Silas are in a dark jail. No light, right? They're worshiping in a very dark dungeon. There's a shaking. There's an earthquake at midnight. The doors fly open, and Paul says, don't do it. We're all still here. But, but, the, jail, but the Bible says then the jailer called for the light, and he ran down the hallway. How did Paul in the dark dungeon know that he had drawn his sword and was about to kill himself. Oh God, open the eyes of our hearts. When you're in an atmosphere of worship, you'll be able to see things far beyond what you're able to see. That's how we determine our futures. That's how we determine our destinies. God, give us the ability to see beyond our own circumstance. That is quite amazing. The first time I saw that, I was like, the jailer called for the light. It was so dark in there at midnight. You know they didn't have light bulbs back then. They had a little candle maybe. He had to light. But it was completely dark. But the grace and the mercy and the response to wait. Because that wouldn't have been us. If we were trapped in this situation and the doors fly open, we gone. As soon as I hear that door open up, whoop, we have to go. But Paul's ability to wait and know what to do in the spirit caused somebody else to be saved. Number four is this. Worship is a sign to the world and a connection point for engagement. Worship is a sign to the world and a connection point for engagement. Worship is about midnights. Worship is something that will change our transitional seasons. Worship is about breakthrough. Worship is about a response. Worship is about seeing something in the spirit. Worship is about becoming prophetic. Worship is about putting unity inside of a body and unity inside of individuals with heaven itself. And, And worship is a sign to the world. And it's a connection point for engagement. Then he brought them out. Can you imagine? Sword, don't do it. Then he runs and he's like, what must I do to know Jesus like you? Paul says, it's easy. All you need to do is believe. You'll be saved. Your whole family will be saved. Every, everybody will be saved. Everybody's getting saved up here today. <laughs> hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> um um bible says then he brought them out and asked sirs sirs i bet they weren't sirs that morning i bet they were like hey you insert your own word but now i'm sirs what must i do to be saved They replied, hey, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in their household. And he was saved. You know, there's something so attractive about worship. 
It's just attractive. About people who give honor and worth to their creator. We live in the greatest days. It, it, we, we do live in the greatest days. And something, it's, it's coming, but it's already here. And we, and we live in the greatest days to explore and to, and to be following after Jesus right now. You know, God frees us with worship for moments of ministry. You know, that worship can be used as such an ingredient, but when people get into an atmosphere of worship, they soften, that they become more aware of spiritual things. That when they come into a worship environment, whether it's in your home or the coffee shop or the church, if you're in an atmosphere of worship, God will use some of those moments for ministry. And you're able to say it doesn't take a lot of words. They're just like, what is that about you? What's going on here? Why do I feel like that? And you can just simply say, hey, it has everything to do with Jesus. And instantly, people are being added. That same night, this jailer didn't die, but they all came to life. Him, his wife, his kids, his household. I don't know how many people were in that house. Maybe a lot. You know that this has been my prayer. And Heidi and I are in this a good environment. I, maybe you guys, some of us know. And we've been in these environments. And I feel like this is one of these environments. These good, good, wholesome, healthy environments. And you know, my prayer remains that we just need to continue to intensify with the ingredients that are in our basket. We need to continue to work on the ingredients that are in my basket because I, I, I'm thinking right now that, that 2017 within a few months here is going to be over and we are going to transition into our 2018 and I believe that God has good things in store for Revive Hesperia. I believe, let me just say it right now, that I believe there's doors that are going to continue to open. I believe that God in your situations is going to continue to shake things up. I, I believe that God is going to give you some unique opportunities with people who you never expected, and you're going to get an opportunity to say, hey, why don't you and your household come? I believe that this is a great, great season, and one of the ingredients that I believe that we should all continue to work, work on in this room is worship. Worship. Now, let me say this. Worship is not about singing, and worship is not about an event, but it's about a lifestyle. Okay? I'm going to say that to say something else. It's not about an event, and it's not about it's, it, it's, it's more than an event. Worship is a lifestyle. Yeah. We don't need 100, 200, 500, 5,000, 600, 10,000 people in a room for worship. Because we can worship when we get up in the morning and we grab our coffee and we open our Bible. It's just me, the Bible, and the Lord. That's worship. Sometimes worship is giving. Worship is tithing. Worship is, worship encompasses a lot. However, I believe in 2018, we need to get some musicians in this place. Uh, now, I might be taking some liberty, and Sarah and Matt might be a little mad. I hope they am. 
But it is time for you guys as a church, we need to pray in some musicians into this place. And we need to get some worshipers. We're all worshipers, but we need some worshipers that can grab the mic and sing some worship. Because I believe that that's one of the things that's going to help you guys continue to go and grow and expand and win this town and the surrounding areas. So, so it would be my prayer, and I think it's going to be, should be your guys' prayer, that we need to pray in 2018 in these surrounding months. We need to pray, God, bring us in some, some Levites. Bring us in some some priests, God, bring us in some people who know your presence, that people, people that, who, people who can sing, Lord, don't bring us anybody that can't sing. Don't do that. You need to bring us somebody from the voice, Lord. You need to, you know, and now we need a guitar. Okay, what else do we need? We need a keyboard player. Okay, okay, everybody put the hands like this. Father, right now, we doing it. God, we ask you right now, God, in the coming months and the coming weeks, we ask you to bring, God, a guitar and a keyboard. Someone said tambourine, Lord. I don't know. I don't know about that yet. We need a drum before we need a tambourine. And we need a drum, Lord. And, Lord, if you really want to bless us, I guess we can have a tambourine too. Father, we, we say this with light hearts, God, but we say this because we want to transition, God. We want to grow. God, we believe in, in Matt and Sarah, and we believe in you, and we believe in each other, God, and we believe in everything you're doing in this community, God. And God, we just pray right now, and if two of us or more gathered in us name, God, we believe, bring us some worshipers to lead us in the presence of the Lord on Sunday mornings, in Jesus' name. Amen. Say amen. Amen. That's okay. Let's just, let's just give them up. We're just going to clap till they get here. We're just going to go. Hurry up, Lord. Now, who in the world? He's going to be back there talking about some tambourine. Who did that? Oh, she was like, she said. Okay. Lord. Okay. A little one. Lord, we need a tuba and a cello and uh, we need a xylophone and a, and a chime. I believe, though. By talking with Matt and Sarah, and we're becoming friends, but I believe that that's the more of the 2018 that's coming. Now, we need to work on worship in our own lives, and if that means, again, turning on your radio or turning off your radio, or don't watch it all chop now. You can do a little worship, and it's cultivating that in our own lives, but that needs to be a prayer of us corporately. Because that's going to, to help. That's going to help. Because what it's going to do is it's going to expand our reach. You know what I mean? And, and, and God can do it. And I can testify to this as we can testify to this. Heidi and I, we used to, we used to have the wonderful opportunity to pastor a church in the country, in Illinois. And it was, it was like Hesperia. It really was. It was a sweet, amazing town. Everyone had a four-by-four. Four. Everybody hunted. And... Uh, 
and it was lots of wind, and it was, it was amazing. It was like this. It was very similar to this, and we were in this situation, too, and then, and when we, when we started to do the church, we didn't have a lot of, we didn't have a lot of, we had a lot of worshipers, but we didn't have a lot of worshipers, and we for sure, we just for sure prayed. That was a focus of ours, like, Lord, I know you're, uh, you're into blessing people and you love us, God. And, and, and didn't it happen for us, babe? We, we prayed corporately. We prayed corporately. Yes. Yep. Yep. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, that happened. We were like, we finally had this one day and we saw this, this friend of ours. His name was D-Boy. And, uh. And we heard him singing, and we were like, oh. I think we had, like, tears, like, <laughs> we were like, are you from around here? And this is the country. This is, like, Hesperia. And this, this boy says, well, I'm from Los Angeles, California. How, when was the last time you mo- met someone from Los Al- Angeles, California in Hesperia? Yeah. <laughs> and, his, and his family is Christian singers on Christian radio across the nation. And he's like, well, I'm here for work. And we're like, okay. We're like, he was leading worship the next Sunday at our church. We were like, woo! Boy could sing. And I mean, that's a God thing. I mean, honestly, same situation. That's like somebody from in the middle of downtown Hesperia, like, I'm from L.A. You're like, L.A.? Yeah, I'm a worship leader. You're like, do you have a church? No. I'd love to do life with you guys. And in one Sunday, I mean, that really changed, the, didn't it, hon? Yeah. So, guys, I'm encouraged. I love coming up here. I'm so excited about what's going on in this community. I believe that God is up to big things in this place. And I, my encouragement would be like, hey, just continue to get together and pray the things that you need into existence and take care of your leaders. Take care of Matt and Sarah and love on them. And, and I, think, I think you guys and us and all, uh, we're coming into a good season. Hun, you got something? She's sitting on the edge of her seat like, will you shut you, you be quiet. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Uh, yeah, just to follow up what John was just saying, we, I've been a worship leader for about 10 years, and we went into this small church, and we, di- we did, we committed corporately to pray in singers and musicians. And within two years, we had grown the team, and we had three musicians and singers who came that were even beyond my capability or the caliber of worshipers that, and I was coming from the point. So beyond what I had seen and worked with before, and it was all God, but we committed corporately to pray. We believed we could pray them in. And so I just really encourage you guys to take that seriously. We handed out, we had other needs and we actually created a prayer list on a um, cardstock piece of paper and we had them on our tables and we sent them home with people and we're like, put these on your refrigerators, put these in your car. When you think of it, these are what we're praying for corporately. And within probably six to eight months, we started to see the fruition of all of those prayers coming to, to be. We needed a building. 
Within six months, we were moved into a new building. We needed worshipers and musicians. We needed a drum kit. The One of the musicians came with a brand new drum kit and was an excellent drummer. We needed a piano, and the funds came through for us to get a brand new piano. So I just... We did have a tambourine. All I have to say about a tambourine, being a worship leader, my dad loves the tambourine. But you have to be able to play the tambourine on beat or it totally, I'm, I'm taking a liberty here, it will throw off the worship team's rhythm. So you have to be careful about a tambourine. So if you know how to play it, you play it, girl. Okay, you pray that tambourine player and then. <laughs> hey, I'm just being real. You don't have a worship team yet, so I can say this. <laughs> 